Hey guys, welcome back to the Podcasters Podcast. Today we're going to contradict everything we ever talk about um, by telling you how to succeed without a niche and with a more broad podcast. Don't do it. Yeah, <laughs> cheers guys. <laughs> See you next time. No, all right, let's be serious. So, this is something that we need to address because people talk about it all the time. They ask about it all the time. First of all, let's address why you should be niche and then, then we'll talk about how you can get around it. So first of all, if you are a niche podcast, you are more easily found. So we say on the show, like being broad is a luxury you currently cannot afford. If you haven't got a big audience already, then being broad just means you're going to get lost in the masses of lots of other shows in your industry or adjacent right, niches. So if you've got even just like a marketing podcast, that's still pretty broad because is it marketing for... Fortune 500 companies? Is it for mum and pop shops like startups? Is it online? Is it offline? Is it ads? Is it whatever, right? It's really broad. But if it's specifically marketing for hairdressers, it's like, okay, where do I market that show to? Okay, I go door to door and do in-person marketing at hairdressers. There'll be online Facebook groups and LinkedIn groups for hairdressers, salon owners, barbershop owners. There'll be conferences and conventions, again, in-person marketing. So when you're really specific, it helps. And also the end user, if that hairdresser or salon owner is searching for help for marketing, if there's a specific podcast that's saying, I help hairdressers grow their business through digital marketing, obviously that wouldn't be the name of your show, but they'd find your profiles online. Yeah, the SEO is a lot easier, right? Because if you search the word marketing, you'll get a million and one shows and the top yeah. 10 will be huge. Yeah, exactly. Whereas if you was to search hairdresser marketing, there might be one or two and that's where you've you can dominate that niche, right? We've spoke to a few people recently um, in specific niches where there's not a, the podcast in that niche. Mm. So uh, say it was a podcast about exit signs, right? D don't ask why, it's just in my field of view. But you, there's no the exit sign podcast. And then with the, I don't want to say it because it would be unfair because I haven't launched it. But with these niches, you can own a niche by being the something podcast. Oh yeah, easily. So my, what I normally say is, if you've got two niches that you can combine, that's how you become one of one. So, right, instead of marketing, we're specifically podcasting. There's one niche. And then predominantly for business owners getting leads into your business. So those two things, people come to us. Because there are other people in the industry that maybe have got radio experience and they're, you know... Focus more we on call the them gear heads, but it depends what part of the country you're in. That can mean different <laughs> things. But they like the tech and they like the microphone. They like breaking that stuff down. It's like, yeah, but how do I, like, what's the strategy? How do I make money? How do I integrate into my business? That's kind of how we differentiate from different people in the podcasting space. But also by specifically talking about podcasting, you differentiate from people that's just in the marketing space or the content space. So find two niches, put them together. There's your one of one. You have become the person in that space. But what happens if you don't want to do that? Well, it's going to be harder. Just expect whatever it would take somebody who was really niche, took all of the advice, did everything by the book. If you don't already have an audience, this is like five, 10 times longer. Like you might not find your, if you're not spending any money on ad budget, you're not getting good guests because you're not that well connected and all the other things we're going to cover. Like it might take you a year to get a small bit of traction, but uploading consistently, posting clips like everywhere all the time. Genuinely, it's going to be really, really hard unless you have like the it factor. So let's, let's break down a few things that help you grow if you're not niche. I think there's three. I would I, agree. I, I, I'll see what yours are and then I'll give you mine. They're probably the same. Cool. First of all, 
I'm going to call it the it factor or personality. Just and I'll break them all down. Your production quality and your ability to find good guests and be a good host. So that could be really good questions, but also leveraging other people's audiences. Those are my main three. How about you? I mean, kind of the same, but in a different kind of format. So I've got hosting as a separate one, but that kind of falls under the it factor as well. It's like being a good host, being interesting, asking good questions. Network, so being connected to a lot of good people that you can get on as guests. And then production quality. Yeah. Yeah, so, so it is much, essentially yeah. the same thing. I think, so here's one of my favourite ones. So Shits and Gigs blew up. I, I say blow out of nowhere. They've been going like four oh, years. Oh yeah, they've been like, doing it for a long time. But, and they've been recording like twice a week. I think they do one free and then one on Patreon. They're doing clips. Their clips are all over social media. But they are essentially two nobodies who have blown up into like mainstream fame. They're on all the big shows. They're on TV shows. They're getting invited to movie premieres. They've done some stuff with like Gymshark and other like massive collaborations. Right? They're huge. They're making a shit ton of money, but it's all on personality. So it's just them two. So they're not. They do some collaborations and interviews now, but not really. They didn't start that way. It was just the two of them, and they were just first of all chemistry between them so good, and they're just genuinely, genuinely funny people. And like they have really eccentric, over the top reactions. Like people don't realize when you're doing content, there's a camera or microphone in front of you. For you to come across as engaging, or I don't really know how to describe it, but to have that same impact on somebody that you would in real life, you have to be 10 times over the top. So if I've done like virtual like podcasting events, like our training, I have to be even louder and more movement with my arms and more dramatic because through the like zoom and webcam and things like that, it like dampens that it doesn't have the same level of impact as if you were live in the room with somebody one-on-one. So like the fact that they are like really over the top with their reactions and laughs, stuff like that does help, but they're just genuinely funny. And a lot of people think they're funny. They're not like objectively the masses think they're funny. So that, that works. But the other thing they've done really well is They've, um, they are got really good production. I was going to say, if, like, they just, if they were audio only, they would never have got to anywhere near where they Oh, are. no, because they blew up on like TikTok predominantly, the TikTok clips. But they, from get-go, went to Birmingham, found a studio and recorded there, like out of pocket immediately. They're like, we can make this thing work, let's go. So they're driving, so James is from around the corner, actually, he's in Kettering, like up to Birmingham like once a week, every week, without knowing what's going to be in return. And it's really, really good quality production where most people don't. They sort of do one foot in. They're like, oh, you know, I want to do this and I want the end result. I want the goals. I want, you know, the patrons, the sponsorship, you know, the clout. But I don't want to like go into my pocket for it. I, I want to just do so. I do it half-assed and hopefully it will get to that point and then I can invest. It goes for all podcasts, but specifically the ones that are less niche is that just doesn't work. You can't. Oh, let me let me kind of wing it until I make money and then invest in production. It's like, no, 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 you don't. As a business, you can't make all your money then buy stock. Well, I mean, yeah. technically, I'm a dropshipper, but if, yeah. in terms of business models... Yeah, but even with that, you still have to spend a ton on ads. Yeah, exactly. You have to pay to get to in front of people or to get the product or yeah. whatever. Any business, you there's money at the start, right? Yeah. You, money must leave to yeah. come in. and But then people treat it as, oh, I'll wing it. And it occasionally happens 
people will kind of wing it themselves and they'll get there. But it's so rare. When you look at the likes of Shits and Gigs, they had that really good production in place from day one. And then when uh, the amount of people I speak to is like, oh, well, yeah, you're, what you guys do sounds great. Let me do it myself, make some money and then come to you. And I'm like, I'm never going to speak to you again because you're not going to make any money doing it yourself, probably. No, for sure. So another one is Dodge Whittle with the Eventful Lives podcast. When people say I want to interview like inspiring people, now he doesn't actually say that. That's not his, his angle, but a lot of the content is inspiring. But it is just like mental stories. Interesting. Like people, right? people from like, SAS veterans, international drug smugglers, like, sports stars, like r- genuinely good stories. But most people, they think their content is like, ah, oh, like my sister went through some shit once. Like, let me interview her on her. It's like, yeah, everyone's family, everyone knows a family member who's gone through rough time or maybe you've done it yourself. Like, unfortunately, that's not interesting to people. It needs to be a next level, you know, helicopter chase, drug smugglers. Like, that makes great content if you haven't got a big audience and the person you're interviewing doesn't have a big audience. So, one, Dodge is just phenomenal at finding these people. God knows, like, who his network is. <laughs> but, like, and obviously as you grow, you get recommendations. But he gets some really, really good people on there with awesome stories. But he's just phenomenal as a host. Like, getting people to tell their story and getting that information out of them and giving them the space to do so. Like, if you're starting off and you want to become a better interviewer, I would listen to him and I'd listen to, we've just had her on recently, Chloe Bison's Inspired By. They're both very, very good at pulling information out of people, especially if it's information they didn't think they was going to share. Um, Stephen Bartlett, also very, very good at this, you know, making people cry, getting to that point. Yeah, another one I saw actually on that note, I don't really like the guy particularly, but Simon Jordan from TalkSport, I don't know if you've seen him, he re- recently interviewed Anthony Joshua and I've only seen clips from it. Oh, yeah, yeah. But the questions that guy was asking, he's a brave man because yeah. Anthony Joshua could have... <laughs> he's a big bloke. Spartan, <laughs> but he was literally just being borderline rude. Like, he maybe took it too far, but like mm. in a podcast interview, you could see AJ getting really kind of annoyed. But sometimes you've got to push those boundaries when oh, you, yeah. to get the best, the best content. I bet that interview does incredibly well because... AJ, I've always liked AJ, but he has always been the most media trained guy out yeah. there, until his kind of like outburst. So the questions were always the same, the answers were always the same. So to see someone asking him uncomfortable questions, a little bit, yeah. it's like, oh, you haven't seen this side to AJ before. So that's that's what, like you say, Dodge does well, Stephen does it well. There's no denying it, and more and more people are realizing, well, actually, if I want to have a good interview show, I've got to ask all questions. That Bobby, whatever her name is, Bobby, she she's and nobody technically but she has massive rappers on because she's just has a really unique interview style which is as though she doesn't care so it's the girl from chicken shop isn't it yeah, yeah amelia amelia yeah so it's like having a, a usp in terms of your content but again it just comes back to that like it factor some people just have it and mm. i can't really explain it i'm not even sure it's something you can teach just some people have that personality where they're just meant to be in front of a camera yeah and i feel like a lot of interviewers on podcasts feel like, oh, I shouldn't be in front of the camera. Like it's, it's for my guest. But even if it's just a few seconds because of the questions you're asking, it's like that doesn't come naturally to most people. Like being able to have a conversation with a stranger where they reveal a lot of things about themselves. But I think you're right that pushing people to almost ask questions they f- feel really uncomfortable asking themselves is like, that's probably some good content. You should probably disrupt yourself a little bit and aim for, all right, 
one question in an interview that I'm uncomfortable with because that's going to be really good content. And we've got some interviews coming up. Absolutely, I'm asking every single one of those fuckers, how much do you make through your podcast to the penny? <laughs> like, and where and who's who's giving you that money? Because I hope they're not listening to this episode. They <laughs> probably will be. Pre-planning their answers. That's fine. Um, yeah, get the media train kit. But I, I think it's harder to develop your network if you haven't already got one, but it's something you need to work on. I think a lot of people massively underestimate the time it takes to outreach and pipeline guests, especially when you're going after good ones. Because when you've got really good names, normally they've got managers, they've got PAs or VAs and they're booked, they're all over the place and you've got to book them months in advance and then it comes to it and then they cancel. So you need to be prolific at outreach on all channels. And if you need, you know, four guests reach out to 200, right? Because if you want good name guests, like your percentage of people that are saying yes and have availability for you soon is going to be so small. And of all those people, get them on a sheet and make sure you are retargeting them, right? I've messaged them on Facebook. Now let me try LinkedIn. Let me see if they work for an agency. Let me contact the agency. Like you need to be prolific at it. Otherwise you're just not going to get it. I think the biggest issue we see is so many people, like having a podcast actually isn't difficult. It's mostly just legwork and a lot of it you can outsource. It is not difficult, but people are a bit shy of a bit of hard work. It's like, oh God, what? You got saying I've got to send off like 300 messages this month on Instagram or LinkedIn. It's like, yeah. Would you, are you saying I've got to actually like buy some equipment or go like travel to a studio to like improve my quality? It's like, yeah. Like, think when you think clips that perform well, it's typical podcast clips specifically. It's I produced really good question to a really well-known guest. Yeah. Which is a three-point fantastic right? formula. Fuck your, fuck paying for ads, fuck your hashtags, fuck all this <laughs> other stuff. Like, just do you do those three things on all of your clips? It's probably going to perform really well and, and not that, cost That you is anything. the three things we spoke about. A host asking a good question, guest, well-known guest, and then production, really good clips, right? Th- those are the three things. You put them together. It's super simple. That will get eyes on your show. And if you're broad, some of the more niche marketing strategies won't necessarily work so well, so you need to lean into the algorithms and these platforms that leverage... You need the clips. The video. Yeah, if you're going broad, you cannot do audio only anymore. You need to be discovered through something that's going to give you a virality factor, like an Instagram reel or a TikTok. Used to be, you know, benefit and downside of podcasting. We said time and time again. No algorithm means great. It's decentralized. You upload content and five years later, that will still get downloads. Downside, when you're sleeping, there's nothing like you're not going to wake up and it go from freshly uploaded to a million listens. Whereas, you know, we can upload a clip about naming a podcast that gets 200,000 views. Like, who would have fucking thought? So, realistically, you, you need to rely on the social stuff. But there is one thing that we've missed it is an investment for them to really scale a broad show. Is follow this podcast. <laughs> I knew that was coming. Yeah. <laughs> so did everyone. Yeah. So, so, they probably all turned off now. Yeah, well, follow the show. Hopefully before you turn first. off, actually, before you listen to it again, I want to get our consumption to over 100%. Listen to this again, but first, follow the show. Not ask it for much, right? Leave a review. <laughs> uh, in the show notes will be my account number and sort code. If you want a tip. <laughs> but to <laughs> be honest... Not a Patreon, just my bank details. Yeah, yeah, just, just, just send to me money. Nah, we don't want anything. All we want is the follow. It's free. Doesn't it cost is. you anything. Seconds of your life. Exactly. I think that's well worth it for the immense value we provide on a bi- twice a week basis. Bi-weekly? Is that twice a week or every other it's week? every other week. Is I'm it? not having bi-weekly as being twice a week. Google it. <laughs> Google it right now. I'm not having that. 
Oh, fuck off. It is both. How is it both? Yeah, man. English language is fucked. <laughs> Done, produced, or occurring every two weeks or twice a week. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> so we record bi-weekly. <laughs> That's bollock. That's pissed me off. That is. I'm going. Bye. Anyway, there's, there's the fact of your week. <laughs> your bi-weekly fact. <laughs> oh, like Follow it. the show. Bye. <laughs>